If you're ready to take your destiny into your own hands, you've come to the right place. This is The Bulletproof Entrepreneur, featuring interviews with the most exciting and amazing entrepreneur. Here's your host, Chi Odogu. Getting your team up to date on the latest skills required for success is hard work, but you don't have to worry about it anymore. Jolt is an online training platform that helps professionals and organizations access up-to-date training from practitioners at the top of their game. No more watching e-learning videos that are not interactive and may contain obsolete information where you access them. Each Jolt training is done live via interactive Skype or webinar and the trainers are both practitioners and thought leaders in your field. So you get the latest information that can change your business at the right time. Visit jolt.us and find out how you can start getting the right training for your team today. That's www.jolt.us. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I have a great guest today. I'm talking to Thomas Moulier. On the podcast, I usually go out and um, research my guests before I interview them and I get the basics of their background. But Tom is in a niche industry that I've not really talked about before. He's in the outdoor adventure industry. So I thought to myself, what better way to talk about adventure and being outdoors than to do something unconventional and unusual. So I'll say, Tom, rather than me introduce people to you, why don't you tell us a little bit of a story about what got you into the outdoors so that people can know you from an experiential perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, Chief. And, uh, you know, first off, thanks so much for having me as a guest on your show. Uh, you know, I'm I'm very excited to be here today. Uh, so, so a little bit about me. Um, well, I'm uh, I live today in Tampa Bay, uh, where I founded iTrekkers, I T R E K K E R S, about uh, two and a half years ago. Um, and you know, my journey is is that that's pretty similar to a lot of people. Uh, I was doing the Boy Scouts when I was young. I I loved the outdoors. I'd always been what you call outdoorsy, um, with a clear passion for nature, for how it made me feel, both personally um, as well as you know uh, what it brought to my life and to those around me uh, with whom I share my passion of the outdoors. And I was very fortunate. I had an opportunity uh, to pursue an idea that I'd had for many, many years, uh, thanks to a layoff from corporate America, uh. Uh, when where I was working with Capital One, um, and uh, they, you know, they took care of me. Uh, they asked me to move back to Richmond. I said no, uh, and I finally had that opportunity, as well as the resources necessary to really go after one of my dreams, which was the creation of an outdoor marketplace that would ease the access of the outdoors for all, um, not just for the select few who have the resources and means and the know-how to get outside. Great. That's it. So before we get into all that, a little bit about your background. I see here, you know, you were born in France and then you moved to Atlanta when you were pretty young and then you schooled in um, Canada before you came back to the United States to do your MBA. So tell us a little bit about um, moving from A, France, to United States, United States to Canada, and then back to America. What were your experiences like when you changed location about three different times over the course of developmental stage? Yeah, so uh, it was actually a lot more than that. I, I, I'm oh. born in France. Um, you know, I, I was one... 
I moved to the U.S., Atlanta. I was six or seven. I went back to France. I uh, came back for high school in Atlanta where I went to an, in, the international school there. Um, I don't know if anyone remembers Dikembe Mutombo. He used to play for the uh, Atlanta Hawks, but mm-hmm. uh, I was in class, you know, I was in class uh, or classes with his nephew. Um, so then I went to McGill University, Montreal, Canada, uh, back to Atlanta. Then I moved to Costa Rica for two years, yeah. then Richmond, Virginia, uh, and then finally here in Tampa. So just having moved and lived in multiple countries across the world uh, for me personally is just uh, giving me the awareness um, that there's a lot more out there um, than just you know people's neighborhoods and backyards and kind of where they grew up. So. Um, you know, every time I've interacted with someone from a different background, I've always learned something new, uh, either about them, their culture, where they're from. Um, and, and, and those types of things kind of have powered me and enabled me to have a better understanding of what customers in general need, uh, because, because each one of them has different needs, uh, based on who they are and where they're from. And so, and so, you know, it's kind of armed me, if you will, to be able to have a, a clear understanding of differentiated customer service and taking that to the next level, which is what we do here at iTrekkers, and it's what I did at Capital One pre, uh, previously. Nice. And now looking at your experience in Costa Rica, for example, I know that's a Spanish-speaking country, and you led efforts increasing sales in a real estate company, correct? That's correct, yeah. So, so how... How, what were the lessons you learned living in Costa Rica for two years and then coming back to work for Capital One before you now decided that, hey, you really wanted to pursue your passion of starting an outdoor um, adventure business? Well, you know, Costa Rica was kind of my first foray on my own. Um, mm. My fia- my fiance and I at the time, we both had uh, great jobs and we both said, uh, you know what? No, thank you. Uh, let's go do something crazy and move to Costa Rica. Uh, we, we weren't happy with what we were doing and we wanted a great adventure that we knew that we would regret not doing later on in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's much easier to do when you're engaged and young than it is to do when you're old with kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, which is funny, but that I ended up doing it again anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started eye trackers, uh, I already had two kids. Um, but uh, no, I, Costa Rica was amazing. Being so close to the raw nature was amazing. Um, yeah, you know, yes, we participated in development down there in Hako. Um, I, but I got to spearfish on my lunch break. I got to, you know, hit the waves every day. Um, so, you know, I was constantly outside. Uh, I was selling real estate online. So it taught me a little bit about internet marketing. Uh, it kind of gave me a brief foundation that I would later use to to really dig into what I'm doing today. Um, but Costa Rica in and of itself was, is, is just an amazing place with, with amazing people. Uh, and since I spoke French fluently, um, I could get by in Spanish. Mm-hmm. If I just added a, a, an O, an E, or an A to the end of a French word, uh, oftentimes it, it worked. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a yeah. nice hack. <laughs> so, yeah, but it... it uh, you know, Costa Rica was an amazing experience. It, you know, I'd say all of my experiences have, have been great. Um, but, you know, it, it was actually the, the birth of my daughter in uh, Costa Rica, Olivia, who's now eight, um, that led us back to the U.S. And, um, 
you know, we had to kind of leave it, our adventure because it just wasn't the right place to raise um, an wow. infant for us the way that we wanted we wanted to do it. Um, so we moved to Richmond, Virginia, where my wife's family was from, and I went and did a full-time MBA because I had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, that's kind of where the understanding of business planning and, you know, the, the entrepreneurship side of me kind of kept coming right back to the surface. And, uh, but you know, I was fighting that uh, wanting to start something on my own and, and the need to support my family. Yeah. Um, and so that's how I ended up at capital one. Yeah. And usually that's what actually drives a lot of entrepreneurs that I've spoken with. They start a young family and then, you know, can life kind of kicks in and says, Hey, you know, I have this person that is depending on me for everything. I need to, you know, get my acts together and start figuring out how I'm going to make things sustainable for myself and my baby going forward. That's right. Until, <laughs> until the person can take care of themselves. So you work in uh, Capital One for a few years and then you get the opportunity to get laid off. Um, they give you a nice um, package and you use that as seed for eye trackers. Now, Starting off eye trackers, what was the main problem you observed around you that you wanted to solve with the business? The major problem is accessibility to the outdoors. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm an outdoorsman. I love the outdoors. Um, And it was still hard for me to find a guide to take me on an awesome experience. Mm -hmm. It was difficult. even for me, and, and I know what I'm, what, what I'm doing. I mean, you know, you have the internet and every guide has its own webpage and every webpage, t- they tell you how amazing they are and how they're the best. Um, but we know that the funny thing about the guided marketplace is the best guides have the worst websites mm-hmm. and the, the, the least amount of SEO knowledge or presence. Yeah, because so they're busy the web, guides. That's right. They're busy on the water or, or in the woods. They're they're busy learning new things and checking up on their equipment and making sure that everything is the way it needs to be for their customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the internet revolution happens and SEO takes off. And now we've got a bunch of guides who are ranking for uh, outdoor adventures and they're not good for the most part. Uh, some are very good. Now, I, you know, I will say just to be clear, some guides can do both and they grew up in the technology world, but they're also really good at guiding from a, you know, a person standpoint, a skill standpoint, a personality standpoint. But, uh, a lot of them don't, you know, daddy bought them a boat and, and off they go. Hmm. Oh, you know, instead of getting a real job, let me go, uh, be a guide, you know? Yeah. And so the first... So, you start off the company, that's towards the end of 2014, December. Yeah. And then first couple months, things didn't go so well. You were spending money, you know, you were doing everything you can. Things didn't go so well. Can you talk a little bit about some of the problems and the challenges you were experiencing in those first few months of running the business? Yeah, for sure. So when I started iTrekkers, uh, my background's not digital marketing or technology. Mm-hmm. My background was the customer understanding the customer, understanding the analytics of what drives the the customer experience. Um, and so I, I tried to find technology partners who would build what my vision was for me. Um, and I found I was sold on certain partners and I thought this is it. And then 
delays happen and then it's not like I want it. And then it's just the first version was terrible that we launched this in December of 14. It was absolutely heinous. I had to start all over. I mean, you know, I lost my, you know, I lost my seed. I lost, um, you know, my partners and I had to find new partners and just start all over. And, and that's what happened. That's, you know, when, when we relaunched in April, um, I picked new partners, better partners, and it, you know, things started getting getting better from there. Huh. Um, <coughs> excuse me. That's that's all right. I've noticed with a lot of entrepreneurs, even me myself, like when I first started business, I sunk thousands of dollars into a website, and then nothing happened, and the vendor was just like, "Well, I mean, if that's all you, I I, I did what you told me to do," and. Typically, you find that when you're spending all that money and you're making mistakes early on, it's as a result of you, the entrepreneur, kind of like still finding your feet, not knowing what you're doing. Is that correct? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, boy, like, you know, to any of the entrepreneurs out there who want to get involved in a technology web-based business, go learn on someone else's dime. <laughs> Like get a customer service job or get some type of entry level position in some other startup and learn, learn about, you know, coding and what the right skill set for certain jobs and are and learn like really what there is to know about the basis of an Internet company hmm. so that, you know, when you launch yourself and you start yourself, you're starting with a whole different set as well as a whole different network. Uh -huh. You know, I came from, you know, the data analytics world of Capital One and then the call center world straight into an internet marketing world. Huh. Um, you know, and, and it, it just, it was really tough. Uh, the couple times I, I almost gave up, but you know, we, we, we persisted. We continued to fine tune. We slowly grew our first two employees in September of 15. And now, you know, today I've, I've got 13 full-time employees, 90 plus guides across the state of Florida that uh, we uh, uh, par have partnered with to do outdoor trips uh -huh. in fishing, camping, hiking, and paddling. Uh, I've got five in-house guides. We've got a fleet of three boats, you know, 20-some kayaks. Uh, 20 some tenths, you know, like our, our business is growing and is moving in the right direction. Um, but man, did it suck yeah. in the beginning and it's still, it's still, still every day. You know, I, I know a lot more than I did then, which has helped me keep the third party people that we use honest. Uh, cause that's, you know, that's the thing, lean, lean startup methodology, you're using other people's skills and talents but it's really understanding what those skills and talents are that's difficult. Uh -huh. And and every failure that I've had with that, be it a skill set of SEO, SCM, web development, design, ad marketing, any skill you can imagine, I've already gone through two or three people. Hmm. And every time I make a mistake, it costs me money. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny you said that your company is an internet company or an internet marketing company and you're basically kind of using technology to get people off of technology. Could you talk a little bit about, um, well, I say <laughs> the philosophy behind that, because that sounds very trippy. Yeah. So, um, you know, from, from a consumer standpoint, we're an outdoor adventure company. Mm -hmm. Um, but the way that we get people outdoors is we get them to a website where they're using their phone, their tablet or their computer. Mm -hmm. 
and we sell them on the value of getting outside, you know, the emotional connection that they'll get or, you know, between them and the people around them. And then, um, and so we use technology to get them outdoors away from technology. And it's the oxymoron of it. That's amazing. Um, you know, and, but at the same time, we're helping people who don't get outdoors, get outdoors. Yeah. And, and that, in and of itself is everything that we're about because the more people we get outdoors, the more memories and smiles we create in the outdoors, mm-hmm. then the more people are going to care about the the environment yeah. around them and, and, and have a real innate appreciation for that. Um, and that's our mission, you know? Yeah. We're saving the planet a smile, memory at, at, at a time. Yeah. And it's funny how in preparing for this interview, I kind of sat down and I thought to myself that there are some major discoveries that have come out as a result of people interacting with nature and the outdoors, like um, Isaac Newton and his principle of gravity. I forget what it is in physics, but he saw an apple fall off a tree. And then all oh, that led to something triggering in his brain about gravity. Ben Franklin, he was out flying a kite and then lightning and then electricity. We have a principle there. Could you talk a little bit about... Um, when you get people that are stuck on cell phones and maybe stuck in the office nine to five in a cubicle somewhere and they come out and they experience nature for a weekend with you guys, what are some of the, I don't know if you'll be able to measure this, but what are some of the mental leaps or some of the creative results that have come about from taking one of these experiential adventures with you guys? So, so that's a great question. Um, each person is going to take away something different. Um, so some will take away a spiritual connection to their environment, the surroundings. Others will come back refreshed and relaxed, having disconnected. Um, others will come back more creative. Uh, actually there's a really good study that was done that took uh, high school kids mm-hmm. and sent some home for the weekend, and then the uh, the other half of the class class they they took camping for the weekend. And when they came back, the half of the class that went camping for the weekend was sixty percent more creative mm. than than the group that didn't. And and that, and that's only because it just opens your mind to different things. Um, you know, when you're sitting by a campfire, or you're crossing a stream, or you're you know, you've got a hook in the water and you're just able to have the moments to yourself that are that, that we, to be honest, we do not let ourselves have. I mean, every single free moment you see people go to their phones, they're reading the news, they're, they're doing this, that and the other. We, we no longer allow for our mind to wander. Yeah. And, and, you know, those discoveries you talked about, you know, Newton and Newton, you know, he's sitting under a tree relaxing and an apple falls from a tree. Like it's, 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 it's those moments that shift mindsets that change people. Now that's, that's what happens to you personally. But if you go with a group, imagine the interactions and getting to know people better and in the depth of the conversation that occurs instead of just the very surface level day to day, you know, nothingness. Yeah. And uh, I think that, that happens a lot, especially with um, coworkers in corporate America. Like I remember for me, some of the trips we used to do for bonding as a group in my office was either we'll go for drinks or we'll go for karaoke or maybe we'll go play games but never really anything 
outdoors out there where you get to build lasting relationships with people that you pretty much see a lot more than you see your family you know if you have to think about it yeah that's that's very true and you know that's why we do a lot of group trips you know we do a lot of group trips corporate trips things like that as well um you know we're the eye tracker interface is very B2C oriented, um, but a, a lot of what we do is through partnerships um, as well. You know, we found that to be a very valuable traction channel uh-huh. um, where we're actively targeting, you know, vacation rental groups and independent hotels and things like that and helping their guests come down and have a great experience in the outdoors as well. Um, and, and it's a win-win for everybody. The guest has the opportunity to do an activity. The hotel gains a little bit of revenue. And then we get to accomplish our mission of putting smiles and memories um, on their faces and in their brains. Yeah. And it's, it's great. Yeah. And, you've, and you talked about the type of people that are attracted to this um, format. So could you delve a little bit deeper into kind of like your market? Like who's your ideal customer? Looking at it from not just um, a holistic perspective, but more of like, um, is it someone that's used to going out on the outdoors by themselves and getting these adventures? Or is it someone, A, that's like, never experienced the outdoors, but just, you know, they see that random ad on Facebook that you've sent up and they're like, you know what? This seems like it might be a cool idea. Who Who's that one surprising person that actually takes this trip and now changes their life as a result of coming on an outdoor adventure? You know, that, that's a great question. Um, so for us, you know, people who actively use guides today and actively go outdoors, you're not our customer. Mm. Um, you're already, you know, you're, you're already doing it. You you have your own networks, you know, your own guides, you, you, you travel around and you know, you know what you're looking for. Yes, you can use us. We'd love to be able to help you. Um, get outdoors, uh, but you don't need us. The The person who needs us is the person who's searching um, for an activity. They, they, they've wanted to do something cool. They haven't done it in a long time or they have never done it uh, or they just are wanting to replicate some of their memories that they had with their grandparents or with their parents and they want to do that with their kids uh, and, their, and their grandkids. Uh-huh. Um, that's kind of more of our direct customer, if you will. Um, it's about, about, you know, it's a $30 billion marketplace. Okay. Um, but really where we want to go is we want to target the person who considers themselves outdoorsy. So in the U S there's 114 million Americans who consider themselves outdoorsy by their own definition. Okay. Um, and it's those people who want to help get outside because they want to do something, but they don't even know where to look. Yeah. So they're not typing in Tampa fishing charters in their web browser. They're typing in things like outdoor fun things to do or great things to do with five-year-olds in Naples or, you know, discover Orlando more than just the parks. Like like they're just looking for unique and creative ways of doing something fun and having a great experience. And that those are the people that we're trying to get at Uh because those are the people that we that if we're able to get them onto our platform out with our guides, having amazing experiences and back off again, then we've changed the life. Uh And once we've changed that life, that person's going to tell other people and then it's just going to kind of create that wave 
of enthusiasm for outdoor adventure. And then hopefully iTrekkers is the person who, or the group that gets you out there. Yeah. And in terms of talking about partnerships with the guides and the hotels, like um, when you were initially setting this business up, what were some of the major challenges you had convincing partners that it would be beneficial to work with you as opposed to standing alone doing this themselves? <laughs> well, we're, we're still working on that. <laughs> um, you know, this is new. There aren't many players in the space. So okay. either we compete against individual guides in individual locations or we're competing against massive groups, uh, you know, at, who could care less about the customer uh, on an international level. So uh, because of that, we've got we have multiple different strategies that we're having to, to defend against. Um, but, you know, convincing guides to come on board was difficult in the beginning and now is no longer really difficult. Is that because convincing you've, you've shown them like a road to profitability or some type of it's growth? because we've shown them that we're not a threat. Okay. We've shown them that we want to grow the pie, not just steal from the pie. Because mm. a lot of people were worried that we'd come in with more money and, and, and try to steal their customers. Um, like one of our competitors, Fishing Booker, they actually do that. They get guys on their platforms and then they bid – They they, they PPC bid on that guide's name so that when the consumer is looking for that guide, they land on their platform and not on the guide's website. So they're essentially charging the guide for a lead he already had. Oh, wow. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, where you know, Whereas with us, we're about selling an experience, and, and, and we don't actually tell you who the guide is until after the fact because we want you to buy the experience. We want you to feel comfortable with the experience, and then we assign one of our vetted guides to you to help provide that awesome experience. Now, what's your vetting procedure like? Because if someone's new to actually experiencing the outdoors, I think the first fear would be, hey, I don't want to go out uh, with some type of stranger that's going to be, I don't know, talking nonsense and maybe saying some vulgar things in front of my five-year-old or looking at my, my young daughter funny or things like that. So what's your vetting process like to help screen out some of the people that may not be good in terms of moral character. So that, that's a, that's a great, that's a great point. Um, well, my Trek director, Cap, Captain Jason, uh, he's been a fishing captain for 14 years, but he's my Trek director and in charge of my Trek experience and our guides is up in Fort Lauderdale today. I'm sorry, not Fort Lauderdale. He's up in Jacksonville today recruiting new guides because we've just entered some new partnerships up there and our demand is about to skyrocket, which is a great problem to have. Yeah. Um, and he's actually going out and spending time with each and every one. So we are paying for a charter trip to go out with these guides to ensure and get to know them on a personal level. And I mean, you know, when you're stuck on a boat with someone for four hours, you get a pretty good idea of who they are. Mm, okay. Um, so we, you know, that's, that's step one in the process or actually step three or four. But, um, prior to this meeting, we've looked at their reviews. We've looked at their website. We've dug deep. Um, we know that they've been background checked because of their, uh, coast guard licenses. License. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we, then we check up on their, 
Uh, do they have the right insurances? Uh, how's their equipment? How are, you know, all of that stuff. And then really it comes down to personality. Uh, is this per, you know, yes, you're good at what you do. Yes, your equipment's great. That's awesome. But do you have the right personality to help and teach and educate people who are new to this? And do you have the passion that you want to share that with them? And and if you have both of those components, that's almost more important than having the the uh, the skill set to do it. Hmm. You know, fishing is fishing, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's not called catching. Some days are harder than others, uh, but it's your attitude during those times that matters. <clears throat> At other points in time, um, you know, it's. It's just about being able to be a person and, and being able to care and show care to others and listen to them. And, you know, that's that's what it's really about. It's it's the whole experience from beginning to end, yeah. from every little point. Yeah, and I see you focused a little bit more on that educational aspect. Why, why is, I've, I've noticed this like across the board, but it seems like some of the companies that really change the way we experience certain things in as much as they may be mundane like you said fishing is fishing you can learn fishing from anyone but the passion to transmit fishing through an educational means while you're experiencing fishing is kind of like the secret sauce that helps people get converted to become lifelong fans and customers is that correct that is absolutely correct you know anyone can go fishing or camping, or hiking, or paddling, right? The four things we offer across the state of Florida. Anyone can do that on their own. Um, but it's the education, and it's the the deeper meaning of the experience that really takes someone and, and, and changes them uh, into an advocate. Um, you know, if you, I'm sure you've been to a museum before. Um, when you go to a museum and you know nothing about art, you're like, cool. You know, you walk away. Oh, well, that was neat. I saw some cool sculptures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When you go to a museum with a docent who's teaching you the rich history of every single thing, sometimes too much so, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> but you walk out of there with a much greater appreciation for what you saw. And for us in the outdoors, it's the same thing, you know? Um, going with a guide who knows where to go, who can teach you about your surroundings, who can teach you how to light a fire in wet conditions or who can, you know, really show you everything you're missing on that hike through the woods, like every little sound. Oh, you hear that? Oh, that's so-and-so a uh, bird that's way up in that tree. You probably can't see him right now. Let's grab the binoculars and let's, let's, let's take a look. You would have missed that. You never would have seen it. Hmm. Um, you know, in Costa Rica and Manuel Antonio, I walked right by a sloth. Like I was there and there was a sloth a foot from me and I walked right by it until the guy goes, hey, come back here. He goes, look at this. Pulls away like a couple branches and there it is. Huge sloth. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, and but you would, I would have missed it. And that's the point. Hmm. Interesting. Now give us a story of a customer of yours that has gone through this experience and it's become transformational and life-changing? That's a great question. Um, you know, one, one story I, I tell often 
um, involves a uh, woman who uh, last Father's Day booked a trip with actually with Captain Jason. Um, And uh, she had two young adult children. Uh, I believe it was 17 and 15. Uh, And every year prior, they had gone fishing uh, until unfortunately her husband passed away kind of suddenly the year before. And so in his memory, in his honor, she had decided to um, get a fishing trip for her and her kids to kind of celebrate him uh, and who he was. Um, and, uh, you know, they booked it online. They found Captain Jason. They, 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 they talked to him. Um, and then uh, they met him at the dock. And, you know, Jason pulls up and the mom gets on the boat, excited. And the kids are just on their phones and they sit down on the boat and they don't even bear, barely look up and share a smile or anything. And Jason's trying to get him going. Oh, you guys excited? Yeah, whatever. And then the mom's like, you know what? Whatever. Let's, you know, they've been like this for quite a while. Um, let's just focus on ourselves and, and uh, go out and have a great time. Um, and uh, they go out. And then, uh, you know, she's the only one fishing. She puts her rod in the water. Jason helps set the hook, get the bait, and tosses it off. And then all of a sudden, the reel goes, and she's got a smile on her face, and she's really in her first fish of the day. And the kids could care less. They're still on their phones, tapping away, doing whatever. I mean, they (laughs) – it's so bad they're not even Instagramming, okay? Yeah. Um, And just there there she is, and – you know, by the third fish, the kids put down their phones and Lord, they're, you know, they're looking up and all of a sudden they, they grab rods and boom, now we're talking. You've got all three of them fishing and laughing and, you know, hooting and hollering. And it just happens to be a crazy great day on the water. And Jay, you know, Jason is just on top of these redfish and these snook. And they, and they have a, a magical time. And, and, and at the end of the trip, uh, they get back to the dock and the, the kids didn't touch their phone for three and a half hours. Uh, even on the way back, they were just talking about it. Um, and they go to the car, and she, she kind of comes back and looks at Jason and says, you know, um, this was the first day in a year that I was able to bond with my children uh, since the passing of my husband. And, you know, she's choking up and she's crying, and she's just like, thank you so much for this opportunity that you've given me and my children to reconnect um, and to allow us to move forward. Uh, and and it's that powerful. I mean, I, I got goosebumps all over I mean, every time I talk about this. And I've got so many stories like that. I mean, I got the story of the mom and the two-year-old daughter going camping for the first time, just the ladies. I've got, you know, grandpa and grandson and, grand, uh, uh, and granddaughter out in the woods, uh, sharing a great experience. It's just, you know, we have so many of these stories, which is awesome and great. It, 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 you know, we want every single person to have their own story and experience it in their own way. Um, and we'll get there. Yeah. We really will. Right. Right now we're, we're in Florida only. Um, our next round of funding, will tackle the Southeast and then the rest of the U S Okay, so I think that was going right into my next question, which was what the future of eye trackers is. But you just mentioned funding. So um, I know you said you started the company with your money initially invested, but 
did you raise what um, angel investment to kind of grow the business and um how's that been working yeah out for you? yeah so we did a uh seed round uh seed round kind of the the, the friends and family route for a yeah. while then we raised uh, 1.5 million uh last july um and then now um you know we're in the process of starting to raise again um as we continue to fine-tune our business model and uh you know we we're probably looking to raise sometime in december uh to get us uh you know up and running by by the new season so uh very very pumped about it cool cool and i would say most of that money was spent on marketing correct <laughs> Most of that money was spent on marketing, yeah. Great. Absolutely. Marketing, design, and technology, uh, which that's another lesson. Don't overspend on technology, especially in the beginning. You know, they talk about the MVP. I had a partner focused on grand design, and I wasted, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars Um not doing things based on what the customer was looking to do, but doing things based on what my design partner was looking, what was trying to achieve. Mm. Keep it, keep it tight. Grow based on your customers' needs. Don't grow, don't, don't build amazing things without having tested them first. Yeah. And just, uh, I think well, the bottom line is just be customer focused from beginning. Because if you focus on the customer, sometimes you don't need all the bells and whistles, correct? That's right, especially in the beginning. So, cool. You so, know, we built a whole back-end suite that no, that not a single one of our guide uses, because we misunderstood what their real, real issues were. So. Okay. So as we start to wind down, I have some wrapping up questions for you. So. Um, Who's an entrepreneur you admire and why do you admire this person? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Um, I hate to kind of give a, a, a standard answer, but um, Richard Branson is someone I, I truly admire as a visionary and uh, adventurer. <laughs> Adventurer and risk taker. Um, uh, that's you know what what he's been able to do throughout the years has been quite impressive. Um, another one would probably be um, oh, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, the founder of Burton Snowboards. But I'll look it up. Jake, Jake Burton Carpenter. There we go. Okay. So, so you know, he's the founder of a snowboarding company, okay. and uh, he's kind of one of the pioneers of of snowboarding, and, and and he's just an amazing individual who has fought and fought and fought to, um, you know, transform an industry and make it more accessible, um, to a much larger group of individuals. And one of the things I love about him is he he's literally practices what he preaches and he snowboards a hundred days a year. Mm, wow. One one third of his time is spent out in the field testing his boards. And, and his whole point is if I'm in an office, 
how can I truly understand what it is to be my customer? Mm, that's a good point. It's just so powerful. Yeah. So uh, I need to get out more. Uh, it's, <laughs> uh, for sure, I need to get out more. So. And what's the most frustrating thing about being an entrepreneur, in your opinion? Uh, the stress. You know, I have uh, three young children. Uh, I have an amazing wife. Um, and I'm putting a lot of our eggs into a, this basket because I believe in it. Um, and my wife has been incredibly supportive throughout this whole journey. Um, but at the same time, you know, over my head, you know, if this fails, what's next? Uh, and how do I maintain support of my children? Um, and, and, you know, so stress would be number one. And number two is work life balance. Mm. I'm up, I'm up at five o'clock in the morning every day. Um, then at seven o'clock I help take care of the kids off to school and then I work all day and then five thirty PM, 6 PM, unless I have some type of event I have to go to, I'm done. Um, and I spend that time with my family uh, and it took a lot of discipline to get there. Um, but you know. Some things are more, are more important, and that's one of them. Yeah. yeah. And what's influenced your thinking right now in terms of being an entrepreneur, an individual, family man, in terms of books, messages, tapes, websites? What do you read and what inspires you? Um, right now, um, I'm rereading uh, a book called uh, Traction, which talks about traction channels, the 19 different channels uh, to utilize to to basically um, be successful in in a business. It's a great book, um, and it also includes the bullseye effect, which is a really neat way to rapidly test a bunch of different marketing strategies to find the one or two that really work, and then anchor your entire strategy on that. Um, what else? Uh, I've read, uh, I've really enjoyed The One Thing, um, which is a book about how to be as productive as possible, uh, focusing on one thing and one thing only every day mm. at a time. It's the one thing you have to get done. It's the first thing you should do. Um, I used to answer email all day long and now I don't. <laughs> um, because it's less important than other aspects of what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so I put email blocks together uh, throughout my day where I respond to email um, and, and do my follow-ups and things like that. Um, and I try not to do anything anymore ever that gets in the way of the one thing, which is driving more customers uh, through iTrackers. So. Yeah. And the last question is, um, you know, we're right around middle of June and about a month ago so colleges closed for graduation people getting into the workforce they're no more in school they're, they're either starting a new career or even some people now that it's summer and things have slowed down at work are thinking of launching out and doing something because they're stuck in a rut and they feel that they're not being they're not maximizing their full potential of fulfilling what they're supposed to do with their lives so what's the one piece of advice you'd give to someone that's kind of feeling like a they need to 
launch out and start something or b the world just looks wide open and they don't know what to do uh have i'd say the number one thing is have conversations uh seek out people older wiser than you um and have a conversation and let you know approach them saying i'm struggling today i'm not quite sure what to do with myself and i'd like to spend 30 minutes talking to you about that if that would be okay and you'll be surprised by the by the response uh have that conversation have 10 of those conversations and then as you start getting a better idea of what you want to do the next round of conversation is hi my name's tom uh, i'm really thinking about starting this outdoor adventure company this is kind of how i want to do it would you be available to kind of talk through my business model with me um, and let them destroy it and then have 50 of those conversations. And each person you talk to, ask them for three other names and three other introductions. Because the more you talk about it, the more refined your answers will get. The new questions you'll be asked, things you didn't think about, the more refined your business plan eventually gets, which then eventually goes, goes out the window. But the more clear you are about what drives you and why you want to do something and whether or not it will work, even before you start, you'll have a much better idea. Um, that's what I would do. Great. Really. Great. Well, thanks for, for sharing your wisdom, Toms. And uh, where can people find you? Are you active on social media? And um, where can people get in touch if they want to know more about you and what you're doing? Uh, they can get in, you know, check us out at itrekkers.com, I-T-R-E-K-K-E-R-S.com. That's our website, our portal. Um, if you're ever in Florida, going to Florida or anything like that, you should definitely check us out. Uh, also check out our blog, um, which is at iTrekkers at the bottom. You can see it, the blog. Like we've got some really cool stuff, educational pieces in there to help people get outside on their own. Um, and, um, you can also see us on Facebook, obviously, iTrekkers LLC, uh, Instagram, iTrekkers, uh, LinkedIn, um, you know, we're, we're pretty much everywhere, um, when it comes to, to social media and whatnot. Um, but, uh, you know, would love for anyone to want to reach out. You can email me direct at Tom Mullier, M U L L I E Z at I trekkers, I T R E K K E R S.com. Uh, email me and, and one of my email blocks, I'll write you back <laughs> if you have any questions. So. Or any thoughts or comments, please. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear them. Great. And with that said, it's been a pleasure having you on the show for the last um, part of an hour, hour talking about your business, your life, um, sharing, you know, what your concerns are. And um, wish you lots of success as you continue your entrepreneurial journey. And, yeah, look forward to hearing greater things from you and reading more about you on the interwebs. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, G, again, for, for having me today. Great. Thank you. Don't let another minute go by without taking action to change your life. Visit Ordeshi.com right now for more incredible resources, and we'll see you next time on Ordeshi, the Bulletproof Entrepreneur.